This is Echo Zoe Radio, episode 134 for June 2019 with Chris Honholtz on the topic of obedience versus fulfillment. Welcome to Echo Zoe Radio, the podcast outreach of Echo Zoe Ministries, where you'll hear about important topics affecting the church today. Our primary goal is to explore a variety of issues while remaining faithful to God and His Word. Stay with us for the next hour as your host, Andy Olson, shares his conversation with this month's guest. Here's your host, Andy Olson. I'm Andy Olson. Thanks for listening to Echo Zoe Radio. This is episode 134 for June 2019 with Chris Honholtz. Chris is a fellow podcaster who hosts Voice of Reason Radio, along with his co-host Richard Story. Chris has been on with me before, and he returns to discuss the dichotomy between seeking to be obedient to God versus the contemporary evangelical proclivity to find fulfillment. Show notes for this episode are on the light side, but they're available. The biggest thing that you're going to find there will be a video version of the show embedded in the page, and you can find that at echozoe.com slash 134. Speaking of video, new Lessons in Logic videos uh, continue to be posted on a nearly weekly basis. These are short two- to four-minute videos uh, about different logical fallacies, and you can find that at the Echozoe Ministries YouTube page. Finally, before we begin, uh, I want to venture out of my comfort zone again briefly and just ask for a little bit of financial support for the ministry. The fundraiser that we do to cover the annual basic operating expenses for uh, 2019 has yet to bring anything in at all, and the year's nearly half over. Equizoi Ministries is only asking for about $600 total to cover all of these basic expenses, things like uh, web hosting, file hosting, uh, the MP3 hosting, um, domain registration, stuff like that. All that basic stuff comes to about $600, and that's what our fundraiser uh, seeks to, to cover. Your help would be greatly appreciated. Um, even better, if just you know maybe 10 to 12 people could contribute as little as $5 a month on a regular basis, um, all of those expenses every year would be covered. And that extra you know 11th or 12th person would even cover the processing fees that we'd have to pay uh, to process the donations. So the simplest way to do that would be via the donation link on the website. Uh, we're on the right side of the any page. Uh, there's a big button that says donate. Click on that. It'll bring you to the PayPal page and um, we'll let you process that donation. So uh, thank you for that. And with that discomfort out of the way, here's my discussion with Chris. Chris Honholtz, it's uh, a pleasure to have you back on Echozoi Radio. It's been a, a a while since you've been on, but oh, it's it's awesome. I appreciate you inviting me on. It's always a blast. That's kind of how monthly shows work. Is you know, you might be back in you know ten episode, but that's almost a year away. So <laughs> <laughs> you know how that works. But uh, as has happens uh, a lot with my guests, um, I thank you for not only coming on but um, bringing a topic with you. And we were just kind of chatting a little bit about. Uh, it wasn't quite the angle that I thought it would be, but I think it's going to be a great topic. <laughs> well, I, I have a way of throwing curveballs that I guess nobody else was. No, expecting. it wasn't a curveball. It was 
I think you you sent it out just fine. It was the confusion was on my end. I wasn't thinking um, no no totally problem. the you know the whole sphere of things, but uh, oh, it's good. So we're going to talk about kind of this dichotomy between uh, being obedient to God um, verse in His Word versus fulfillment. Is that kind of what yeah. you were thinking? Like, yeah, I. I I think it's just one of those things that we see within evangelicalism. I think there's confusion between or for what we think the point of, of going to church of worshiping Christ is about. There tends to be, I see a lot of, and this this is my observation. I'm not quoting anyone, but there seems to be a lot of the idea of, of serving and the idea of being a part of a church is about my personal affirmation that, uh, that me doing something, me being within the church, me being in whatever ministry is about making myself feel fulfilled. Feel better uh, about yourself. Feel better about myself that I've been included. In fact, we, you know, a lot of the secret friendly movement is they tell you, get you get your people baptized and get them plugged in right away because you want them to feel included. Mm -hmm. So I, we see a lot of that. And I tend to find that to be a bit at odds with scripture with, when Christ says we are to deny ourselves, we're to pick up our cross and follow him. The idea that to obey him is, is better than sacrifice to the idea of the, he says, you say that you love me, but you don't obey my com commandments. Mm -hmm. There there's that, there's that conflict there. And I think that, answers a lot of the problems that we're dealing with within the church today is having a right understanding about what obedience is about. Are, are we here for us? Or are we here for Christ? Mm -hmm. Yeah. They, now that I'm kind of, and it's becoming clearer to me what you were thinking, I've, I've, I've got a few angles that I think will be fun to take. Cool. Um, but let's maybe start out talking about like that obedience side, let's start with the biblical side. Cause that always seems like the most logical. And you know, if somebody's going to not make it through the whole episode, that may be the more important thing to hear is what does it mean to be obedient? Why are we obedient? That whole thing, you know? No, absolutely. I, the biggest thing when I, when, when I th consider the commands of God in modern evangelicalism, we try to Think of it in terms of, oh, well, we're not, uh, we're not under the law. We're, we're under grace. So that whole idea of we don't have to do these things. And mm -hmm. that's a complete, I think, misunderstanding of what the entirety of the New, uh, New Testament teaches us. Because you have the Gospels, which tell us who Christ is, why he came, what he did. And, and then we go into the, uh, the book of Acts, which shows the, the, apostles going out and, and preaching the word, planting churches. And what are they doing? Telling people to obey all that Christ has commanded. Mm -hmm. And then you have the epistles, which are written to the churches about, here's what Christ has done. Now go do this. You know, so throughout scripture, we have the commands being given to us. It's not that, that because we're, um, well, we're under grace, so we're not under law, so you don't have to command people to do things. That, that's a misunderstanding of that passage. That the whole point of that is that we are not under the commands of the law in the sense that we are trying to earn our salvation because the law can't bring us to that point. Right. But well, then Paul later writes, is it okay to sin so grace abounds more? No. Mm -hmm. We're to be obedient to Christ because 
that's the that's evidence of our changed nature. God has made us something new. And it, when obedience is not me earning favor with with Christ, obedience is his work in me producing in me and uh, this new creation, these new desires and making me more like him. So my des- if I'm not desiring to be obedient to the commands of God, I, I think I should be really 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 worried. Yeah. Well, that's like Jesus said to Peter, he kept asking Jesus or Jesus kept asking Peter, do you love me? And Peter would say, yes. Well, then feed my sheep, then obey my commands. He had these different things. He's saying, if you love me, then do these things, do do this, do that. And, um, he's, he's not saying that as in like, um, like this is, this is what you have to do in order to get to the point of love. It's like, this is what you do as you, uh, this is what flows out of your love. Exactly. And, that, and that's the thing that, you know, what is, you know, the question is asking is what is chief end of man is to, you know, to love God and enjoy him forever. How do we express and that's our love? Both, uh, I, I want to say that's both Westminster and London Baptist confession yeah, exactly. have, have. And so the whole point of that is, if it, Christ says my love is evidenced by my, my obedience to him. So here's what I have as a Christian. I'm completely before I was in Christ, I'm completely and wicked and evil to the core because that's what scripture reveals about me. You go back to, we were talking about this on a voice reason radio last night that prior to Christ, there's nothing good about me. I'm enslaved to sin. Romans chapter three, there's none good. No, not one. There's nobody who seeks after Christ. You know, the, the venom of asps is on their lips. It's that t- that's how wicked we are. So there's nothing about me that is honoring to God in any way. Yet in his love for me and in his love and his grace and his mercy, Christ, <clears throat> excuse me, comes down, lives in complete obedience to the father. So there's that obedience on his part and mm-hmm. every thought word indeed completely obedient to the, to the father, something I could never do. And then willingly goes to the cross. So he's obeyed in my place. He goes to the cross. He's punished in my place, even though he's guiltless, he's punished for me. He goes to the grave and then he raises from the grave and three days later, and he defe- defeats sin and death. And through Repentance and faith, turning away from my sin and putting my faith in in Christ, which is, by the way, a, a, another massively amazing, gracious, and merciful work of God, because I couldn't manifest that myself. As a result of that, I'm changed by God. I'm a new creation. Now, what were, uh, what should be the natural outflowing of that, except obedience? Because if it's sin that caused Christ to come down here and be obedient on my behalf, if it's sin that put him on the cross and in the grave, and if it was sin that he defeated when he rose from the grave, why on earth would I want anything more than to be, or anything less than to be obedient to him? Because living that way is what sent him to the cross. Mm -hmm. And it, as a result, I'm then changed by him, by the Holy Spirit. And as I grow, there's that progressive sanctification that we, that we go through. I'm more and more and more desiring to love him, honor him and glorify him because of what he did, because none of it I contributed to. It was all his work. So that the whole idea of obedience is not that I'm earning merit. I can't, right. it was all done by, for me. Well, just by think him. about it in terms of a much smaller debt. I mean, 
imagine that you're convicted of a crime and given a million dollar fine, you know, and somebody steps in and wants to pay that now a million dollars. You and I are never going to come up with a million dollars to pay that fine, but we're going to be incredibly grateful for some benefactor who steps in and says, I'll pay it for you. And what are, what's our natural reaction or God given reaction going to be to that kind of a, a kind deed? It's going to be, what can I now do for you? Not, not to earn a million dollars you just gave on my behalf, but what can I do in order to say, thank you? I'm, I'm incredibly grateful for what you did. Yeah, exactly. That's exactly it. You know, Christ gave everything for me, you know, to take it one step further with your analogy, it's, it, imagine it's not even a million dollars. Imagine it's, you know, all the money in the world, something you can never come up with Mm -hmm. and someone who has all that gives it all and makes himself destitute to do so now yeah. you know now it becomes even more understandable you, you look at philippians you and know we still and, haven't got to the level of what christ did on the cross i mean no don't we'll never even never get there right and we'll never comprehend that but christ you look at the book of philippians he empties himself of all those those privileges of of, of worship of uh, his the exercise of certain uh, attributes, he he doesn't have to do that. He he leaves the throne of heaven and comes to earth. I mean, we're not talking about just here. Let me let me pay your tab. We're talking about giving everything, giving up all to do that. Mm-hmm. The, the idea that I that my life then becomes about making myself comfortable or feeling loved or appreciated is so it, it's so inconsistent with the idea of I owe everything <laughs> to this amazing savior who gave all for me. Mm-hmm. It, it, if I, if I take that and I say obedience isn't, is, isn't the big deal. It's about making me, you know, someone feel loved and appreciated. I, I, I sully the work of Christ. And I don't think everybody intends to do that. I, I right. really don't. I think a lot of people who want to people to feel loved and appreciated want to convey Christ's love. So they don't want to sound harsh. They don't want to sound condemnatory. And so they try to avoid that. And I think that's most people think that way. And I think that that's a lot of the culture infiltrating our thinking. I don't think we realize how it's kind of like a fish in the water, not realizing it's wet. We've been impacted by that thinking. So we're afraid to to push the issue of obedience because it sounds like we're telling people, well, if you're not being obedient, you're not saved. Well, First John has a lot to say about how we live. And if we're not living according to the word of God, willingly, not as some sort of uh, drudgery or some sort of uh, work to do to merit Christ, but rather, if we're not living it as a, out of the abundance of our love for Christ, there's a problem. Because if I'm living, you know, the, you know, makes it clear that, you know, for example, if I hate my brother in First John, if I hate my brother, I can't say I love Christ. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, Paul writes, you know, if you if you speak blessings, you can't speak blessings uh, to Christ out of one side of your mouth and curses to someone else out of the other side of your mouth. We, you know, there has to be this this consistency. If I genuinely love Christ then the outpouring and the work that I, uh, the things that come uh, from me should be the works he's prepared for me beforehand. That's what scripture tells us. He says, he's prepared us for good works, works that he's prepared beforehand for what purpose to glorify him. Mm -hmm. 
And that's what obedience is about. It's, it, it takes everything out of me. It t- takes total focus off of me because the world says, well, why would you want to do those things? Why, why, do you, why should you want to be monogamous husband and wife without uh, and never divorce for any reason? Uh, why, why should you never want to be promiscuous? Why should you always tell the truth even if it's detrimental? Why should you do any of those things? Why should you live for others and not yourself? That's the world's thinking. Mm-hmm. So if I do those things, the world looks at me and goes, that doesn't make sense. Well, the whole point is those works were prepared beforehand so that they would look at me. And even if they hate me because they hate Christ, they're still on the day of judgment going to glorify God because that was his work. Mm-hmm. And I think that's why it's so very inconsistent with the modern evangelical concept of this is all about affirmation. This is all about making you feel loved and appreciated because then it shifts the focus the other direction. Yeah. And and I also like, I didn't want to interrupt you because I think you were on a great streak there, but <laughs> I want to circle back a little bit because I'm thinking, you know, I'm thinking about this um, idea of obedience, you know, like, like we've said, obedience stems out of our gratitude. And this is like the reaction to um, uh, kind of our salvation and, and what Christ has done for us. And and it's so easy. I think even after 20 years of of being a Christian, um, you know, there, there are things that you just, you're always working on and you're circling back and working some more and working some more. And one of those is seeing that, um, that, that there really doesn't need to be tension between the gospel of grace versus like when, when, you know, the book of James talks about works and, and, um, that, that there can be, we can have grace and works, but it's just getting them in the right order and seeing that the mm-hmm. works flow out of the grace. They don't get you to the grace. Absolutely. In fact, it's it, James who writes, you have faith, I have works. So show me your faith apart from your works. I'll show you my faith by my works. Exactly. And so, many people, so many people want to, you know, especially the cults like to take James and say, oh, see, faith without works is dead. So you have to have works. Well, mm-hmm. it's, it's not about what we contribute to the salvation. It's not what James is talking about because James is writing to people within the church. Yeah. So the assumption would be he's writing to Christian brethren who are already saved. Right. You know, now mind you, there are going to be people in that con- those, that congregation reading that or hearing that for the first time and going, maybe I'm not saved. <laughs> and <laughs> yeah. that's good too. That's a good thing. Yeah. Um, but the whole point is he's saying, I will evidence my salvation my faith in christ by what i do and he 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 blasts the his readers with things like the partiality that they show to the to the rich man as as opposed to the poor man you know it's like these are the guys are going to drag you in the courts and sue you and you're worried about them but yet here's this poor man that you if you're lucky if he's lucky he gets to sit at your feet he says that's wrong that's that's not showing the love of christ that's that's showing a value in the way the world shows value. Mm-hmm. And he says, you know, what's, what, what is, uh, you know, pure and undefiled religion to, you know, to visit widows and orphans in their time of fl- affliction and to keep oneself unspotted from the world. This, this is stuff that we do in obedience to Christ. So faith is, is the object of our faith is Christ. What he did at the cross is our, is the object of our faith. And then the evidence that flows out from that, is what am I doing for Christ? Not for myself, mm-hmm. but for Christ. And I think that's the, what James 
really focuses on because he even gives the you know the the uh, example of Abraham who was justified by his works justified in the sense that not that he was saved by his works but his faith in Christ was justified uh, excuse me faith in God was justified when he was obe- believed the word of God that he would have a son so and, and then he did the things that God told him to do and that's that demonstrated his faith mm-hmm. and obedience is something that we don't like to talk about in modern evangelicalism because it sounds legalistic. It sounds like we're telling you do this, do this, do this, or you're not saved. And I know that's a hard subject for people. And I know it's it's not just a legalistic kind of thing. It's um, we in Western culture and especially here in the United States kind of have this whole freedom mentality. You know, we want to think Mm -hmm. of ourselves as autonomous, self-sufficient and, 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 so, you know, that, that really skews our, our, our thinking, our proper understanding of what it means to obey God and, and to serve him and, and, and to be, regardless of our position within the culture, but to be dependent on him. Yeah, absolutely. Rich and I have, on, on uh, our podcast, have talked about this a lot. American evangelicalism has a handicap, and it's just what you said. It's, it's that rugged American individualism. And we love to take things like the Constitution and put it on par with the scriptures. Mm-hmm. Or if you're a leftist, you take Book of Marx and put it on with scripture. <laughs> but that's a different subject, different time. <laughs> um, but we, we like our freedom and our individualism. And while those who wrote those documents were influenced by documents such as scripture, it, it's not a scripture document. And so we tend to forget that being an American patriot is not equivalent to being an obedient Christian. And so when someone comes along and says, God has something to say about how you live your life, even as a Christian, yes, you're not under the law, the Old Testament law per se, but there are still commands of God that are the evidence of our faith that we are expected to to live by. And guess what? One of those is you surrender yourself, you die to self. Mm -hmm. And that really rubs against the grain in American, uh, in the American culture. And I think I don't want to go too far down a rabbit trail. I think that, and I think this would be easy to do, but I think we also lose sight of the fact that we, that, that our culture got to where it is because the biblical worldview got so ingrained. And now I'm not saying that people who founded our country were all, Bible-believing Christians. That's not what I'm saying. And I'm not even saying to be for them. You know, we can go back to the Magna Carta and even before that. But we have this history that throughout the last thousand years or so, that Christian worldview has become more ingrained in our culture. And and as that gets more ingrained and people, whether they believe or not, begin to follow the precepts that the scriptures lay down, that's made us more prosperous and it's made us more free. No, absolutely. And, and so it, it's just like that obedience and works thing or the obedience and grace thing. People are getting it wrong because they're flipping it around. We're mm-hmm. free and prosperous because we live the way the Lord has said to live. That, that's how it works. I know Albert Moeller likes to talk about, um, what's the word he uses? He talks about it all the time, but... Um, um, you know what I'm thinking? There, there's that. I my brain's dead. Human, I can't human, remember it. Uh, Sorry. Oh, I shouldn't have even brought it up when I can't think of the word. But um, 
Um, yeah, he talks about it on the briefing all the time about how, like, even even not being a believer, doing what the scriptures say, what God has has set up for us to do, living, you know, being an honest person, mm-hmm. um, having having equal weights and measures, and um, being faithful to your spouse, and you know, all those things that you don't have to be a believer to know this is the right way to live. That that leaves it's human flourishing is what, I, is what I'm trying to think yes. of. He okay. talks yeah. about that leads to human flourishing, and as we get away from those things, that necessarily pulls us back away from flourishing. Yeah, absolutely. Um, the The amazing thing about the Judeo Christian worldview was that it was you know it was I think it was John Adams that was said that our system of government was. premised upon a religious and moral people and it was Mm -hmm. wholly inadequate for any other and we're seeing that you know yeah it's it it, is western culture was heavily influenced by that christian worldview and ethic as you said freedom reigned prosperous um, wasn't without its faults and problems sure but it grew we're we're all still fallen men and many of them are are not non-believing but they're at least putting those precepts into their their morality their Exactly. And once, but once you abandon that and you, you presume that we're, we're a free and prosperous people, we don't need this anymore. Right. That's where the wheels fall. Then we're off. saying we, we don't need the thing that got us where we are. Exactly. Right. Yeah. But, yeah. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, I, uh, I... <laughs> <laughs> sorry. sorry. Uh, no, it just it's... sounded like I had something to say. <laughs> <laughs> that's okay happens to rich and i all the time we, we're usually winging it so we wow. step on each other all the time uh, <laughs> the the issue with regard to you know with regard to obedience and seeking to do the things that god has commanded us to do is it is always in the end it's better for us it's going to produce a life that is in consistent with God. And while we are not the blab it and grab it mentality, false teaching, one of the things we do recognize is God does bless obedience. Mm -hmm. He will bless you in your obedience. And if you are disobedient to him, even as a Christian, there are consequences that he'll let you, uh, let you endure. So being obedient to to Christ doesn't mean I'm going to be wealthy. I'm going to have great health. My kids are always going to be great. No, it means you're going to continue to do the things that you've been called to do in Christ for his purposes, even when it's the hardest thing in in the world to do. And we see that all throughout the book of Acts, Mm -hmm. you know, Philippians uh, 316 gets uh, misquoted all the time as Oh, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. So that means I can go out and, you know, win the big game or mm-hmm. I can, uh, or I can, you know, seal this contract or whatever. No, it's, it's uh, Paul saying, I've learned how to be, have plenty and learned how to have nothing. Yeah. I've learned how to be persecuted. I've learned how to be well, you know, well loved. I can do all those things in Christ. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so Paul, you know, is setting the example, not that, you know, we can chant this, this verse out of context and use it for something for our benefit, but rather he knows how to be content in whatever his circumstances are, no matter how bad or how good they may be. And that's because he's, he, he loves Christ. He's obedient to Christ. He seeks to glorify Christ above all. And it doesn't matter to him whether it's 
in in health or in sickness, in 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 abundance or in uh, lack. He is continuing to be obedient to Christ because most of us would go, well, I'm doing all these things right. Why are these bad things happening? Well, that's because we are not, we're not karma, dharma people. Yeah. We don't believe so good stuff, get good stuff back. We believe that no matter what I, uh, happens to me, I'm going to be obedient to Christ because it's not about me. It's about him. Mm-hmm. Now I'm going to throw you a real curveball that you're not going to see coming, but Uh Oh, don't worry. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) I want to, I want to transition into the other side of the conversation, but before that, I want to take a little break, but don't go anywhere. I want you to be a part of the break. Okay. Uh Oh, (laughs) cause, um, when we uh, started, I had meant to talk about voice of reason. So we're going to do a little live read. I want you to talk about voice of reason radio. Okay. (laughs) There's the curveball. <laughs> okay. Uh, catch me off guard. I'm not even prepared. Because I this. don't have like I, I there's a few podcasts. Andrew Rappaport's really good about this, but I get um I, I get spots to drop in the breaks and I don't have a voice or reason spot. So we're gonna do a live spot. <laughs> and you didn't okay. know it was coming. So Oh gee, thank you. <laughs> okay. Well, voice of reason radio is is basically the whole premise is that there's one voice of reason, and that's Jesus Christ and his word. And Everything outside of that is is man's efforts to try to make sense of the world, but only through a biblical lens can we really come to understand the world around us, the things that we face, the relationships that we have. So the point of Voice of Reason Radio is to take the everyday life that we live and focus it through the biblical lens to challenge Christians to make your worldview the biblical worldview examine everything about your life, the most mundane to the most fantastic through the word of God. And it's two people who basically they're not scholars. They're not uh, pastors. They're just two Christians who love the word of God and love Jesus Christ. And so our encouragement to you is if you listen to the program, you're going to hopefully walk away with the idea that if I'm dealing with an issue in my life, the first place I want to go is to the word of God. I want to know what God has to say about these issues. I want to know how those principles are going to apply in my life so that I do things the way God wants me to. Mm-hmm. And our voice of reason radio can never be a supplement for, uh, to the church. You're always going to learn that first and foremost through the local church. Mm-hmm. But we hope in some tertiary way that we can encourage you to uh, learn to apply the word of God in your life in every aspect of it. And if we can do two things, then we're, we're always thrilled. And the first is we want to glorify God in everything that we do. And the second is hopefully encourage and edify our, our brothers and sisters. So that's what the voice of reason radio is. And we hope that those who listen to it are blessed by it. And that's a, a weekly show. You said you were just recording recently. So you yep. you got your next one up weekly show. Um, I was just double checking on you've done 86. So you guys have been going for, you're, you're coming up on two years and not, well, not more than what. <laughs> actually it's been three years, <laughs> three years. Oh, well, two yes. years worth of stuff, but two years worth you of guys stuff. have been going for a while. You did other shows before that. So it's, I'm, I'm impressed that you've, you've kept it going, especially at that frequency. Yeah, we started with uh, our good friend, Tony Miano on Cross Encounters Radio. Mm-hmm. I was um, recruited. I was voluntold is basically what happened. <laughs> <laughs> um, it, it was, I, I always tell people this story that 
Tony, you're was, you're a vet and a and a police officer, so you're kind of used to being voluntold, right? <laughs> just, just a little bit. You know, <laughs> Twenty years of, of of law enforcement experience, and uh, you know, eight years in the military uh, through the National Guard. So, yeah, vo- being voluntold is is fairly common in my, <laughs> yeah. in my vocabulary. I've never served. So I thank you for your service both, on both <laughs> ends you. of that. Thank you. Uh, so but anyway, he recruited me, um, basically dropped what was supposed to be a hint. I was, I hit the like button and next thing I know I'm <laughs> buying a computer because the one I had was a hunk of junk and wouldn't work. But, <laughs> and I started running a, a chat board, which I didn't know how to do. And next thing I know, I'm helping him run this show. And, and he recruited Richard Story, which he had worked on with other projects. Mm-hmm. And then that, well, that went on for about two and a half years. And, uh, you know, it, you know, that, that season ended, uh, Rich and I took a break from it for about a year. We were itching to get back into it. And we, uh, we kept sounding off on each other and eventually started voice of reason radio, which has yeah. been a blast. Like I said, we have done it for three years. Yeah. Um, the first couple of years were very hit and miss as far as, uh, you know, trying to get it out every week. Um, We've real we've come to realize that there are more people now listening than when we started, and I had the it's the blessed kind of funny experience. How that works, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. It's it, well, you, you the fact that anybody's listening after three years is yeah. a miracle. So that's that's work of God. Uh, <laughs> but the fact that that number has grown even a little bit, we're not a huge program, uh, but we have a we have a steady following, mm-hmm. and we're grateful for that. And so I had the blessed experience. Uh, thanks to Andrew Rappaport of all people to be at Shepherd's conferences last year and actually got to meet people who listened to the program. And that reinvigorated me to want. Isn't to that more- encouraging? Yeah, very encouraging. It, it was humbling yeah. beyond measure, humbling beyond well, measure. Well, I have, you know, Ryan Habana, who's on my board, and I went, I, I did a show with him. He was on part of last month's show when we did the Israel tour and stuff. And Ryan's one of my best friends. And um, he pastors a church on the other side of the Twin Cities metro. I'm in the northwest corner. He's down in the southeast corner. But um, he, uh, I went to his uh, his daughter graduated this year, so they had a little graduation party this afternoon, and and met a, a listener there. And and it's it's funny that I when I I bump into more listeners that I've never met, like at something Ryan's doing. So I think he must like advertise at his church or something. He must like put a, like something in the bulletin or something. Listen to Echo Zoe radio. Oh, but, uh, you know, regardless of how, how or where you meet them, it's, it's so encouraging to see that, that somebody is, is enjoying it. it absolutely. And, and wow. that they can, can feel, um, you know, honoring to God and it's helping them in their understanding of the word and, and, um, you know, my prayer is always, you know, I don't really care about numbers. I know you, you don't either. Um, I just want to, I want to honor God. I want to be a, I want to glorify him. And if I have 10 people that listen to the show and it, and it glorifies God and honors God, I'm happy. Amen. Amen. Yeah, yeah I absolutely agree with you. Um, yeah, first time when we first started doing it, I think we would be thrilled if, if we saw 20 or 30 downloads, uh, now we're probably somewhere close to triple that in a week. And, and, and that's, Hey, I'm thrilled. Yeah. Well, you know, uh, was, um, Andrew was, Rappaport so is doing, um, a show about podcasting and he's like trying to help people. Um, I think it's called, so you want to be a podcaster, you know, yes. and it's kind of a neat show. I haven't listened a whole lot, but I've, I've listened to a, a few episodes just in the last few weeks and, uh, it's really neat. And he, and, um, I forget his co-host's name, but, um, Oh, that would be Colin Sharp. Yeah, that's right. 
um, they talk about some of that stuff. And he brought up something that was always been my mindset and, and he shares it. And that's like, um, if you had a group of people like, um, the size of your podcast audience that came to, you know, like a, maybe a Wednesday night Bible study or something, or, or a Sunday morning, uh, adult Sunday school or something. I'd be thrilled with that, you know? Mm-hmm. And, and so don't get too hung up on, well, I wish I had more listeners, you know? Yeah, absolutely. And and I, that's not really the right attitude anyway, but uh, no, it's, it's not. If you're, if the whole point of, uh, uh, like we're talking about the first half of this, if the whole point of this is glorifying God, then whether it's one person or a thousand people, you're going to give what God has equipped you to do. Mm-hmm. And you're going to do the best for it because that's the person God wants you to, 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 to hear that. And that's always been something that's encouraging to us. Yeah. I, I, I think, you know, there's always a temptation to want to know, Hey, how can I make the numbers bigger? But we, you have to resist that yeah. because if you're consistently reaching people and you're consistently seeking to glorify God and apply his truths in, in people's lives, then you're doing what you're supposed to do. Exactly. And, and when, when and God I've always kind of stolen there. the line from uh, Greg Kokel, just bloom where you're planted, you know, Amen. Amen. And, and if, if blooming where you're planted means you do a podcast with 20 listeners, you know, bloom there. If it's, um, cleaning up the coffee table at, uh, at the Sunday morning fellowship hour, you know, bloom there, you know, the Lord's going to use whatever he might have for you. Just, just, um, find something, you know, I was, we were just talking about that this afternoon too, that whatever you do, like my job, the thing that I'd like to do with my church is I enjoy video editing. I enjoy like Final Cut Pro on the Mac and stuff. So for five years, I've recorded and edited our church's sermon video. And it wasn't something anything, and it wasn't something anybody ever asked me to do. It was just something I said, well, I'm going to do it. And then it's just kind of become, well, that's Andy's thing. And he does it. And then it's people love it. And, um, and there's a lot of other jobs around the church that um, it's really cool to see where people didn't, weren't asked to do it. They just like, well, you know, somebody needs to fill the coffee pot. So I'm going to fill the coffee pot or somebody needs to stack the chair. So I'm going to stack the chairs. And it, it, it doesn't matter how uh, glamorous that job is, you know, it's, 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 it's valued and it's worthwhile. And, and it's, it's serving God is our subject, you know, it's being obedient to God and, and uh, using your talents and stuff. But that was kind of a long break. Um, I just maybe want to um, point people at Voice of Reason Radio. I, I don't get to listen to to other podcasts as much as I nearly like to, but you're on my short list. I enjoy the the chemistry you and Richard have together. You guys always have a great camaraderie on your show. And um, I wish I could listen more, but I, I definitely enjoy when I can. And so well, we're, we're grateful that you're listening and we're grateful that it's been a blessing. Believe it me. has. And, and you guys talk about all kinds of topics, just like the topic we're talking about tonight. Um, you guys pick a lot of, um, a lot of cultural stuff and a lot of stuff that's really good to hear people talk about and, and hash out. And, you know, um, if you don't get out much, it's good to hear, you know, through podcasts that well, some other, somebody, I'm not totally crazy. Other people see it that way too. You know? <laughs> it does help. It does help. <laughs> so, so voice of reason and, um, check it out it's that's on itunes and all the places where you'd get podcasts and yeah look for voice of reason radio uh, we can find us in itunes 
for now, who knows what Apple <laughs> will do. Um, but you can also find, uh, if you go to slave to the king.com that has the links to both the iTunes and to our RSS feed. So if you're one of those people that actually likes one of those super cool apps that you use for your podcast, you can get the link there. And mm-hmm. it also takes you to the the Podbean website where our, our, our podcast is ho- hosted. So cool. kind of the one-stop shop is slave to the king.com. Cool. So that's a really long break. And I'd like to drop in uh, a little bit of other stuff as long as we're doing the, the break. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> we'll be back in just a, a minute and uh, continue the discussion. Andrew Rappaport's Rap Report is a podcast providing biblical interpretations and applications. It is a ministry of striving for eternity and part of the Christian podcast community. We provide a biblical view of cultural events, discuss how to apply God's word to the Christian life, address issues that concern the church, and we even take some time to offer a correct understanding of those commonly misinterpreted passages of scripture. You will hear from great guests like Justin Peters, Todd Friel, Jay Warren Wallace, and Gabe Hughes. Andrew has the Rap Report Daily, which is a two-minute Monday through Friday podcast, and then the longer Rap Report podcast for more content. Subscribe to both today by searching for Rap Report on any podcast app, spelled R-A-P-P, Report, or click the podcast link at strivingforeternity.org. So, um, coming back from obedience versus, like, fulfillment, I guess maybe this would be a good time, well... We've done about a half hour, a um, little longer now with the break, with that 10 minute break. <laughs> um, <laughs> let's spend some time talking more about the other side, this f- fulfillment side. And I want to, you know, as you were kind of le- uh, alluding to it at the beginning, I had a thought. And I think that, um, you know, as people go in and, and they, they, they approach church as how am I going to be fulfilled? Kind of as you were saying early on. I kind of wonder if um, some of that is, uh, is, you know, Martin Luther talked about vocation and how people get, are, are blessed through a vocation and just using your hands and working, you know, and that goes all the way back to the garden, you know, even before the curse, Adam and Eve's job was to tend the garden, right? Right. And, and we find that in the fulfillment in eternity, we're going to be tending gardens, you know, we're, we're going to, we're going to be working for all of eternity. It's not going to be toiling. We're not going to have weeds and thorns and, you know, uh, all that fun stuff. Uh, it'll be fulfilling. But I wonder if there's some kind of, uh, if it's kind of that same part of our God-given psyche that um, th- maybe is a little tainted by the curse, but mm-hmm. that that we're supposed to do certain things and that we do feel some joy in, in mm-hmm. being obedient to God and that somewhat that tainted by the curse is that becomes kind of the, the goal rather than, than, uh, or, you know, or the destination rather than the journey itself kind of thing, you know? No, I, I absolutely agree with you. God, you know, God's word's clear. He's, he's equipped all of us with unique gifts uh, within the function of the church. Those gifts are for the edification of the body. So what you do, you talk about video editing, you know, he has equipped you for that, for the specific function for that church so that it will be able to accomplish what it's going to do with that video. So he's given you that, that, that gift, that, that, uh, that ability, he, he wants you to use that. And the, we will find joy and fulfillment. And that's in the thing. That's like, to I, that's partly why I do it. I do find enjoyment in that. You know, I come home from Sunday service 
And, um, I mean, there's a lot of different things I like about it, but you know, I like the process. I like, I like, I like that, that, you know, I have the skill to do it. I like anytime there's something that I can do that, that maybe my neighbor can't do, you know, like building this behind me, you know, I, you know, building all that. I mean, anything I, I put my hands to, there is always a fulfillment in the end to say, you know, I'm, I, I'm happy to have done that. I mean, it's a lot of, it, it's, I think it's, um, I don't even know how to put it. I mean, I'm trying to do it in such a way that, it, that I, I make it sh- make clear that, that I feel blessed in it, you know, like right. it's, it's, it's a God honoring thing. I mean, he really does want us to use our hands and, and to, to do things and to, to make the world we live in a better place. You know, even though it's all going to go away eventually, he does want us to make it a better place while we're here. I mean, he, he makes people musicians and artists and craftsmen and, um, farmers, um, you know, giving us tasty food to eat. And I mean, he, he gives so many people so many different skills to do the things that make all of us better off. Now, maybe the shelves behind me don't make everybody better off, but, uh, <laughs> Well, you need a few more books, then it would be really awesome. <laughs> well. The books are all over there. <laughs> well, there, that's the the Christian shelf, and that's the the general shelf over there. Ah, gotcha, gotcha. <laughs> oh. No, I, I I absolutely agree with you. The God says it's good for man to work. That was that was what happened, as you said, in the beginning in the garden. Mm-hmm. We were working, and He wasn't going to change that the fall changed how bad the work could get and it changed the relationships with the people that we work with, but it never changed the fact that God equipped us to work and to do things. And so, well, the you know, curse, chose, the, sorry to interrupt. The, the curse okay. wasn't, you're going to work. The curse was now you're going to work harder. Mm-hmm. <laughs> exactly. That's exactly it. And, if he's equipped you and giving you a, a desire for a certain type of work, then I think that's great. But there's a, a side to that we got to remember is that we get, we use the work and the skills and the abilities he's given us within the framework of his scripture. Mm-hmm. And I think that's one of the problems is that when you, you, you said it just a little bit ago, that desire, that fulfillment and that joy that we have becomes the means, you know, it becomes our end rather than the means. And so we begin to think, well, these skills that I have, I should be able to use them for whatever I want. Then because that's for me, this is, this is where I get my joy. This is where I get my pleasure. I want to do X or Y to, uh, you know, to make myself feel fulfilled. And we see that yeah. very much in, in modern culture. Yep. Um, you know, let's go a couple generations back. It, you, you, you worked to survive yeah. today. It's like, I, I, I pursue a, a field of work because I'm passionate about it. And that's what makes me fulfilled. And you have cult, uh, work cultures that actually cater to that. Mm-hmm. You know, take, take Google, for example, I me, mean, if you ever look online to how they cater to their employees and I'm not saying what they do is a bad thing. Right. Well, some of their things are really weird, but, <laughs> but um, pulling people yeah, off of YouTube isn't so good. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, you know, kicking people off for actually sharing uh, videos of his history, like Hitler, uh, go figure. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, 
separate issue. But but I know what you're talking about. You're talking about like yeah. like having a cafeteria where you you get free lunch and it's it's, mm-hmm. it's good really good food and it's you know a kind of like extra benefits beyond payment right. and healthcare. Because that, that's we want to attract that idea of fulfilling people and 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 catering to their desires or needs and that's where we get the seeker friendly movement mm-hmm. you know it's oh we need to treat it like a you know a, you're a ceo of a business you need to market your brand and you need to attract felt needs and stuff like that yeah and so when the problem becomes that i fail to recognize that my gifts and my callings god has put you know barriers in place as to how those are to be used and the reason, the motivation for it, I think that's where we have a problem. And we yeah. go from the idea of using those gifts and callings to glorify God. And rather, it's about, I can, I can use the concept of what scripture teaches about gifts and callings. And I cloak it in this kind of mystical spiritualism that says, oh, it's all Christian. I, I, I'm doing this for God. But the reality is I'm doing it for me because I want the attention. I want the glory. I want the affirmation. I want the fulfillment. Mm-hmm. And I've stopped using what God has given me for his purposes. And I'm using it for myself. Yeah. And that's where I, I see a part of this problem developing. Yeah. Well, I think what happens is people fall into, I mean, especially if you get more seeker sensitive, it gets into let's, let's puff people up. Let's exactly, you know, we're going to get them in the church and we're going to puff them up and, and they're going to feel great about themselves, but there's really no substance there as to why they feel great. You know, it's not you're valued because Christ died and, you know, saved you from your sins and he died and he's, he's sanctifying you and he's, he's working through you. And, and um, I mean, that, I think that's a wonderful thing. I love seeing my, my brothers and sisters grow in the Lord, you know, mm-hmm. but there's substance to that. It's not just, well, you're, you know, that kind of that kindergarten God don't make no junk kind of thing, you know, right. Where, um, you're special just because you're you, you know? Yeah, no, I, I agree. And the whole seeker friendly movement and it's, it's kind of morphed. It's, it's into a lot of different things. I don't think you find seeker friendly as the way it is today, as it was maybe 10 years ago, but the concepts and the precepts are still there. It's this idea of, as you say, cater to the individual, and we mentioned before, you know, it's you get your persons making a profession of faith, baptize them and plug them into a, a into some sort of ministry. Well, I don't yeah. see any of them saying, let's plug them into the toilet cleaning ministry. Yeah. I don't see any of them saying, let's let's put them on janitorial staff. It's 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 always about doing the really cool stuff. And mm-hmm. the problem with that is, is that, you know, there are. God has equipped people for a variety of things and maybe somebody's equipped to clean a toilet yeah. and that should be, that should be celebrated as yeah. the gifting of God. And it shouldn't be treated as that's, that's something. Well, we don't and, and part of that gifting might be that and not necessarily that you know how to clean a toilet. It's it doesn't bother you to clean toilets. You know, exactly. that can be a gift. Cause I tell you what, it, it bothers me to clean toilets. <laughs> <laughs> Some of the toilets I've seen. Yeah. I don't want to clean them either. <laughs> well, we've got three boys. <laughs> <laughs> I got two teen boys. I'm, I'm with you. <laughs> uh, so I got, I got three little ones. Yeah. yeah um, so, but yeah, I mean, it's, so if, if we fail to recognize that God's giftings and callings are his to bestow, and therefore, if they're his to bestow, he has the right to say how we get to use them. Mm-hmm. And he gets to say that one is not better than the other. You know, we, we 
you know, we all like the, the idea of the, there's that guy up at the pulpit and he gets to preach. And that seems like the bright and shining star. Yeah. And well, he's, he's usually one guy or two guys out of uh, your whole congregation. Right. And yet behind all of that is an entire mass of people yeah. that you know are doing things that make it possible for those individuals to be up there. Mm-hmm. And yet we look at that, those guys and we say, Oh, those are the important people. No, those are oh. just the people that are up front that God put there for that purpose. Now they have a very weighty, yeah, they're, they're they're held to a higher standard because of where Absolutely. they are. Yeah, I mean the guy you, cleaning you, toilets. I mean, he's 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 just as needed within the church. That job is needed too, but he you know he's not held to he's not going to be held to a, a higher standard on Judgment Day because that's was his his job. You know, exactly. And that's the thing that, you know, I, I we, think we so shouldn't many of all us seek for that, you know, exactly. Seek ye not to be many masters. We have the stricter judgment. Mm-hmm. And yes, I quoted King James. So that'll probably make <laughs> King James always happy. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I read ESV, by the way, guys. So don't get too excited. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but um, if we're if if we think it's the the uh, the person up front the one with the spotlight on them. If that's what we think is the important task, we're going to neglect the other areas that God puts us in. And then that reveals something about our own hearts. It yeah. reveals that I I want that. I want that attention. I want right. that acknowledgement and admiration. The guy cleaning toilets or the gal cleaning the spit up in the nursery, uh, the, the person uh, who's, you know, preparing the the uh, the the weekly bulletins they're they're not getting seen and so we think that's not so important because you know that that's not the person up there yet those individuals are all in god's place and position for his purposes and so we need to remember that you know it's really easy to say that when i'm a guy sitting in a microphone that some people listen to and oh well that's easy chris you got attention well you believe me there are times when doing this, I, the weight of, if I say this wrong, yeah, a hundred people are going to get really mad at me really fast because most of the people that are listening know their Bible is probably even better than me. Mm-hmm. There's, there's a weight behind that. And yeah. so I, I recognize now what three years later running a podcast on, on our own that I didn't know back then. And that's like, this is, this is not something to be trifled with. Right not something that I, I should take lightly. And it, 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 there's a lot of humility that needs to come with mm-hmm. that. And there's been many, many times I've questioned, should I continue doing this? You know, th- there's a lot in this, in that responsibility that if I don't honor God and I make it about me, I'm, I'm wrong. Yeah. And if I don't, if I don't apply, well, this really it, needs to be just like, and I mean, I guess my, my, my attitude towards it is it needs to be just like, um, you know, a, maybe a small group Bible study where yep. I don't necessarily have the answers just because I got a microphone doesn't mean I have answers, yep. but I'm hoping that I can at least, um, you know, through, through my show, at least kind of get people thinking and, and go to the scriptures. And I'm not afraid to be wrong. I'm afraid that people will, that when I'm wrong, people will take that wrong and yeah. go with it. You know, um, don't just take my word, get in the Bible and, and search it. And, um, and I, and I, you know, I've kind of used the guest thing for the whole life of the show as, as a little bit of a crutch in that, you know, I, I kind of look to you as being the expert of the hour, you know, and, and I'm, my skill 
isn't necessarily that I'm been a, 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 a believer for 20 years and know my Bible. My skill more is I want to be able to keep a conversation going and, and keep it focused in the right direction and, and keep it God honoring and stuff. So, so hopefully and maybe that's, that's something you can use too, that, you know, you work with, with Richard, um, that, that there's, there's a different skill set. Like, I think, you know, we've got two wonderful preachers at our church and, and they're, they've got a fantastic skill set in being able to exposit God's word. But sitting down and having a conversation about God's word with another person is a different skill set, you know, yeah. to keep to keep a, a topic focused in the right direction, not go off too big on rabbit trails and stuff and, and be able to circle back when it gets too far off and stuff is uh, is something that takes some practice and. Um, no, absolutely. Absolutely. But, but I also think you're right that, you know, it's not not that not to totally take it too lightly either. That we are exactly. we are dealing with God's word and we want to be honoring that too. No, absolutely. I absolutely agree with that. And I think that's why it's you know, when I that's why I think I see that dichotomy between, you know, when we're living in such a way as we are striving to be obedient, because we'll never be a hundred percent obedient this yeah. side of the veil. We're striving for that obedience. We're striving to live for Christ, to bring honor and glory to him. That that points us in the right direction. And it, it allows us to continue to live in, and, and work and do in such a way that we're obedient to his word. Mm-hmm. When our focus is not on him, but rather right. on my, my feelings, my desires, yep. my needs, my wants. Now I'm free to just wander all no, over. And, the- and I think kind of... One thing that I want, you know, where the clock's turning around and I keep, I got a little circle here. And as I watch my clock, I keep drawing more of the circle and keeping track of time here. And one thing I do not want to lose sight of as we get closer and closer to, you know, we've, we've got pretty much a full podcast is losing sight of, you know, going back to what you said about seeing the, the person in the church that's preaching, that person who's, who's in the limelight and stuff and, and looking at that motivation. And I think and a very important angle that we haven't brought up yet, but I know you completely agree on is, is that person has God ordained? Or, I mean, has God, has God uh, well, ordained, I guess I, I for lack of a better word, it's not the greatest word, but for that person to be there, you know, is that guy, is that person qualified to be there? Is God, is God blessed that that person, you know, is it his, is God's will that that person would be there? Absolutely. You know, if we look through, um, you know, years ago, I helped put together, I was on a, a committee, it wasn't me, but, you know, I was on the committee that put together our church's bylaws and stuff. So we were looking at things like First um, Timothy 3 and Titus 1, let's talk about the roles of elders, because that's part of the bylaws is who, who can be an elder, who can be a pastor, how are we going to define these roles, how are we going to define deacons and stuff like that. And, um, you know, if we start bringing people in and want to preach, but they can't, you know, they're not, they're not qualified to be in that position. They might be skilled, you know, some of them, there are people who are, they can give a fantastic sermon, but they're not, they don't meet the qualifications. Right. That are in first Timothy three or Titus one. And, and, uh, you know, maybe I'll let you talk some more about that. But. <laughs> no, that's quite all right. Yeah. No, that's spot on. And that goes back to the issue of obedience. You're right. There are tons of people that have the gift of gab. Mm-hmm. I, I can stand in front of people and, and I, I'm a big introvert by the way. So <laughs> 
don't don't let anybody be confused by the fact that I talk a lot. <laughs> I, I'm really sometimes bad. that's a coping music mechanism. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so. uh, but I, I can chat away all day long. Uh-huh. But just because God allows me the ability to uh, uh, communicate an idea to someone and and have that be understood doesn't mean that I'm equipped to be in a pastoral role. And that's why God, you know, we go back to God gives us gifts, but he also sets the boundaries by which those gifts are to be, be applied. And if, even if I can teach, even if I can communicate, that doesn't mean that I'm equipped to be in a role where I am the under shepherd of his, of his flock. And that's, uh, we see it. We just saw this with the SBC this, this last week, that that one of the big topics was the issue of uh, women being able to preach the issue of egalitarian and complementarianism. And that was, that was a big hullabaloo. And Mm -hmm. part of that is because of people like Beth Moore. She, she goes out to churches where she's been invited. That's how she, gets around the complementarianism view is I've been invited by the pastor and I'm under his authority. That's her claim. Mm -hmm. And so I'm allowed to be up there. And if anybody calls her on that, then what happens is you get a a, a tidal wave and that's no joke tidal wave of people who attack you because she's an effective communicator for God. She's skilled. She's, you know, she, she knows the word. How dare you say she can't do that. You're trying to keep her from uh, doing what God has said, equipped her to do. And it's like, wait a minute, you know, whether male or female, first off, you got to meet the qualifications. Okay. And if the qualifications say a woman is not to be in that position, that's not me saying that that's God saying that. And it's not even, I think that what gets so, so lost so easy on it is it's not even that you and I necessarily like that. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I can't say that I necessarily like that First Timothy 3 says that, that the, an, an overseer must be the husband of one wife. Well, how does a woman be a husband of one wife? You know, um, I don't necessarily like that, but I also, I, I want to be obedient to God's word. So... Well, Go ahead. So just assuming that because I say, you know, you, you know, maybe I agree with you that, that Beth Moore shouldn't be pastoring a church or president of the SBC, you know, being in an overseer role that, that that's not what that's not in God's will. That doesn't mean that I necessarily like that. It just means that despite my not liking it, I'm going to be obedient to his word. Absolutely. That's the thing about the word of God. It wars with my personal preferences a lot. Mm-hmm. <laughs> there are a lot of things I'm going to read and, and sometimes it's, it's harsh and I go, huh? Yeah. I don't know if I'd want to say it that way, but guess what? I don't get to tell God how to say something. Yeah. And so when I look to the scriptures and I say, I don't know if I like this, it, it, God doesn't go, Oh, I didn't know you, you, you weren't going to like that. Let me change it. He doesn't say that. He says, whether you like it or not, this is my command for you. And my commandments are good because yeah. God is good. His, his God, God says his commandments are good because he is good. He is perfect. So if, it, if my emotions are in conflict with the word of God, then the, the person who's in the wrong is me. And like you said, I got to be obedient. Why? Because God is God and I'm not. So, yeah, you're right. There's oftentimes an assumption that when someone says, Oh, you're just being mean and you want men to stay in power. You that's why you say that. It, it's it's like we're back there going, <laughs> uh, yeah. 
you know, having these dark room meetings. Well, how can we keep white males in power? Mm-hmm. You know, no, we're not. We're not doing that. We're, we're just saying, what does God's word say? Because we, let's just say you, you're right. I've got a wicked motivation. But if I'm quoting the word of God correctly, and if I'm exposing it correctly, regardless of my motivation, you still got an issue. Deal with whether the word actually says what I say it says. And then we can deal with my uh, my motivation issues. Paul yeah. himself, when he was in prison, said, look, there are people who preach the gospel because of, you know, they're, they want to preach the gospel for, for the glory of God. And there are people who do this to spite me because they want to say, hey, look what we're doing. You're not able to do it. And he's like, no matter what, I glorify God that the gospel is being preached. Yeah. Now, that doesn't mean that those who did it out of spite were, were, were okay. It just means that the glory, that God was being glorified by the fact the gospel yeah. was preached. Exactly. And in the same way, even if you want to attribute wrong motivation to me, you still have to contend with what the word of God says. Exactly. Yep. The word of God says, and we've, we've talked about this on our show. And, and uh, I think we talked about it with uh, Michelle Leslie there. Are, it, it doesn't just eliminate women. It eliminates a lot of men. Too. Oh yeah. Yeah. And I wanted to, I was, I wanted to go there. I'm glad you brought that up. Cause, cause you know, and w- we had to deal with that as uh, we're writing up our, our bylaws for our church a number of years ago too, this, you know, um, yeah, we spell out where does the scripture say that the the responsibilities of an elder are. So where can we back this up with scripture? Because we're not just going to write it down and say, "Thus say, thus says this church." You know, we're we're going to be basing it on a foundation of what does God's word say, right? And I mean, yeah, I mean that a woman shouldn't be a pastor is just one example of of a restriction here. And it seems to be the biggest one that's in the forefront right now, especially yeah. with things like Beth Moore. And it doesn't necessarily even say that a woman can't teach. And then you brought up Michelle Leslie and Michelle is a, you know, I consider her a friend of mine and, and a past guest of mine too. And she's a great example of somebody who um, is a woman, of course, and she's a great teacher, but she also respects the boundaries that God has set and said, okay, well, I'm going to teach, but I'm going to do it within the boundaries. Mm-hmm. And again, I, I, well, on one hand, I respect Michelle for her ministry and, and everything she does. Um, I also want to go back to the say, because I respect her so much, um, that's another example where I can say, I don't necessarily like it. Cause I think that she could have a lot to offer were that boundary not there, but you know what? God is more wise than I'll ever be. So I'm going to respect the boundary. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And the amazing thing about it, when we look at it from the perspective of what is God's word command, is that if God says, like, Andy, you and I, maybe the only place we'll ever be teaching is a podcast. Mm-hmm. Okay. God says, I'm going to very likely, by the way, <laughs> very likely, very, very likely, <laughs> yeah. probably very wise. I don't know yeah. that any, anybody wants me in their pulpit. Uh, probably very wise just living here. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but that, if that's the only place God puts us, but yet we were to stomp our feet and, and pound the desk and say, I want to be preaching in a pulpit and I'm not qualified to do so. What have I represented about God's word? Well, that God's word isn't, it isn't the foundation of my life as a Christian. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, it's my feelings. And, and my, is that I know I, better. That's, exactly. That's the worst of it is I know better. Exactly. It's so I now can be the reinterpreter of what God's word means, as opposed to God's word 
changing me. I want to be the one who changed what God's words mean. And now what I've said is that God's word isn't foundational. What I've said is I don't have to adhere to everything it says. I don't have to be obedient, but I can, and I can do the things that I want to do. Well, that is in direct contradiction to virtually every command throughout the new Testament. So, you know, take the Andy Stanley's of the world. You want to unhitch the old Testament, which is really dumb by the way. Yeah. Let's, let's talk about the New Testament. It is full of commands about humility, submission, obedience, dying to self. Mm-hmm. So if, if you want to take the Andy Stanley approach, which, again, really dumb idea, uh, you're still stuck with this concept of God knows better. God knows what is right. You're, this, his word represents his will. So whatever I may think of it, if I'm not qualified because God has said you're not qualified, and I try to force my way in anyway, I'm not only, uh, you know, asserting my sinful pride, I'm now warring against God. And that's the problem when I see, when I say that there is a dichotomy, there is, there is this conflict between the idea of the church is here to affirm and, and make people feel loved. And that's why you have safe for the family Christian radio that has music all day long that could make you want to gouge your eardrums out because it's all about making me feel better. That, that is in direct contradiction to the idea of this is not about me. It's about about Christ. It's Mm -hmm. not about making me esteeming me, making me look better, feel better. It's about lowering me and esteeming Christ. And the interesting thing about that is that, you know, God's promise is if we will humble ourselves, he will lift us up. Mm-hmm. So yeah. what I don't need to, I don't need to lift myself up. I don't need the pastor to lift me up. I don't need the Christian book and music industry to lift me up. I need to be lowered down of my own accord by being humbled and obedient. And Christ will lift me up on that day. But that's trusting him rather than myself. Yeah. Amen. That's hard for a lot of people. Yeah. And I was just thinking, I mean, I'm listening to you, and but I'm also kind of thinking about, um, you know, this, again, 1 Timothy 3, Titus 1, that um, that there are more, I, th- I think a lot of people focus on, you know, going back to this Beth Moore thing, this idea of um, women not being pastors and stuff, that being a woman according to scripture will disqualify a person from being a pastor, but it's not the only thing that disqualifies a person from being a pastor. I'm not, you know, I'm not convinced I'm personally, you know, qualified to be a pastor. And so I'm not saying that out of some kind of prideful, better than you kind of position either. You know, I, I think it takes an obedient person to recognize. And I think a lot of pastors even would be honest and say, I do this. I love the Lord. I'm not quite so sure I'm qualified. Mm-hmm. And and I think at some degree that depending on the person and the reasoning, that can be a healthy attitude to have. It's a humbling attitude to have. Um, Absolutely. But there are, there certainly are a lot of different qualifications and, and simply, you know, I mentioned husband and one wife. That's just one of a long list of things. And mm-hmm. I think people get caught up on, well, you know, why is this thing disqualifying? Well, no, it's not the only thing that's disqualifying. It's it's what qualifies you maybe, or the person you like to follow or, or whatnot. <laughs> but, um, and also I'm, I was thinking about how, like, I mean, you think about it, the damage that can be done either way, like 
and maybe that's not the best way to put it, but let's just think about like how much harm comes to the church by a certain person who's not qualified. I'm not even saying women, just an unqualified person. Okay. Uh, um, An unqualified person leading a flock. How much damage does that do versus someone who, um, who, who, who's very skilled, but doesn't fulfill that role because of the boundary set by God's word, you know, because mm-hmm. I'm sure there are a lot of people who have, have some fantastic skills that the church really could benefit from, but they would have to go outside of God's boundaries in order to perform that role. And so in order to obey God, they say, despite my skills and my talents, I'm going to defer, you know, that, that, that can be a, a hindrance in some ways because we're not, we're not benefiting from that person's talents and stuff. But as a church, we're better off by saying, okay, we're going to let that go because over here, we're going to not uh, have someone who's not qualified, mm-hmm. you know, that that is going to come in. You know, when you think about, you know, like adulterers that take over, you, you, you hear this all the time about big mega church pastors who end up you know, they make it really high and, and, and they're really famous and they seem to be on top of the world. And then you find out that they're in adulterous relationships and then they crash and they're gone and you never hear from them again and stuff. No, absolutely. And the the thing that, that comes back around to is God's boundaries, God's, you know, qualifications for whatever it is you do. And then, you know, we'll stick with the, this, uh, the pastoral role. Those qualifications are there because God has certain people that he intends and the, the individuals who are in those positions are there to represent God and not themselves. Right. And so you take someone who's got amazing, and I've met some people in my life and knew an individual who pastored a church and the man was absolutely, you know, a stellar speaker uh, absolutely charismatic personality. And over time came to realize that, that man was a detriment to his, to the body. And we, we you know, we left uh, that particular, you know, that particular place. And I, I don't want to draw any to uh, too clear a picture on that because I'm sure that people locally might know what I'm referring to. And I, that's not the point I'm trying to make, but you know, very charismatic personality, very intelligent, very gifted but was toxic in a lot of ways to the body. And had we realized back when certain issues came up earlier that this person probably shouldn't have been in that role, that could have a a lot of pain, a lot of uh, distrust, a lot of hurt could have been avoided. Mm -hmm. And uh, it's unfortunate that it happened that way. So God may equip you. he, He may gift you. But he may intend for you to use those gifts and talents in a different fashion. Yeah. And so maybe, maybe you're never going to be the person up at the pulpit, but that means you can't be a, a, a powerful a tool for evangelism, mm-hmm. a, a powerful tool to, to teach your children, to, uh, to build up your family. You, you, you may have, I mean, talking about the issues of women in church. I love what Michelle Leslie said. When yeah. you, I know she was on your program and she, and she graciously came on ours as well. And she says, instead of telling people, you know, like women, what they can't do, 
we need to be able to teach them what they are blessed and equipped to do yeah. by God. And encourage and, them in that. And encourage them in that. Yeah. And unfortunately, I think as you said earlier, the, the, it's kind of this hot button topic where you're not letting people. Right. It's not an issue of not letting. It's taking the what God has given you and pointing you in the direction where God intends you to be. And then guess what? When you do it God's way, you don't run into those uh, those walls where people get hurt. Yeah. You don't you don't uh, detract from the word of God. You don't rob God of his glory. Mm-hmm. And people, as uh, as you were talking about earlier from Al Mohler, human flourishing, guess what? Your church flourishes. Guess what? People's lives will grow. They grow in holiness. They grow in righteousness. Yeah. They, they, uh, they, uh, when, when, the, when their lives are crashing down around them, they are equipped to handle those things. Yeah. But if our idea uh, is it's all about affirming, it's all about being fulfilled, it's all about my self-esteem. Yeah. Then guess what? It's it, it, I've robbed the church of something. I, I've robbed it of the ability to be equipped and strengthened in such a way that it relies upon God instead of upon me. And you were talking about the the the, the big mega church type guys that crash. What happens to their churches? They fall apart. Mm-hmm. The people disappear. They go different directions. Many times, some of know, them might might end up at a, a better church, but a lot of them end up just leaving entirely. Yeah, they, they leave the faith even. And mm-hmm. why? Because they were never part of it, because they were never taught, taught the truth right. to begin with, most likely. And when that person crashed and burned, it was a cult of personality. Right. The whole thing fell apart and people walk away. So why was it wise to give to elevate this person so high up when they were unqualified? Mm-hmm. You know, and we've seen that with people like Mark Driscoll. We just yeah. saw it happen with James McDonald. Um, you know, you got guys like Stephen Furtick. I, I, I fear what may happen when one of these days, when if he, if uh, his behavior becomes public to you know knowledge that there's things going on that we don't know about because he has such a, such a, a reach, mm-hmm. and yet he's vastly unqualified. He does not preach the word of God. He. Uh, I, I like what Chris Roseborough says. He narsegeets. You know? <laughs> yeah, that's a great I word. Jesus I like that word. puts himself in the scripture. He's a great chief narsegeet. Mm-hmm. And uh, all these guys are not qualified. You know, they're, they're charismatic. They're amazing speakers. And if they were rightly teaching the word of God, how powerful could they be? But they are completely unqualified. And we've watched so many of these in the, the, these churches fall apart and that's what I, I wish people could understand this when you worry about it being about you when you worry about it making how it made you feel if you, if you want to elevate a, a a person like you know mark driscoll before, when he was all you know everybody was fawning over him yeah and people started pointing out problems with him and you go how dare you you don't know what he's doing for our church you don't know what he's right. doing in our lives Look at what's being what's going on and see if he's really qualified because when that thing fell apart, a lot of people were hurt. Yeah. And I it's we need to stop making it about well, and then I think you're also kind of you're demonstrating without using the word, but you're you're demonstrating that it's uh it's a myopic viewpoint too. That absolutely I mean, people are thinking about how great things are this coming Sunday and the next Sunday, but they're not thinking about five years from now, you know, what is this necessarily gonna lead to? Absolutely. And that's if our focus is Christ, then we're always going to be look looking at how are the things that we're planning, that we're doing, 
the people that we're equipping and we're elevating, how are they going to be equipping the body of Christ five mm-hmm. years down the road? Yeah. I think last time you were on, we, we did a show, I think it was called Proper Perspectives. And that's, that's really a very, very similar topic. We're just kind of getting more specific on one thing. But, um, you know, going back to that, how often does that really resolve so many problems to just mm-hmm. recognize what are the, what are our perspectives and are they proper? Or are we, do we have the right motivations? Absolutely. And I, I think if our motivation is to glorify Christ, then obeying him in all the things that the word says makes perfect sense. Yeah. And so, but if our motivation is so we seeking, don't, the joy and the fulfillment itself yeah. as, as an end, then we're yeah, in so out. many different ways. You know, we're talking about things like um, this limelight of a pulpit, but you know, we've also touched on um, a podcast audience size. I mean, if you got the right perspective on that, or um, the right perspective on um, on janitorial ministry, or <laughs> you know, really, it, it 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 really boils down to anything, you know, and yep. um, our is that is that person cleaning the toilets because because the Lord wants people in the building and in order to get people in the building we need clean bathrooms you know and that really I think it's it's kind of a it's an easy fallback to to talk about a non glamorous job but it really is something that I think people should should not feel bad about I mean if you're that guy thank you. Thank you very much. I mean, that's a very valuable position that you, you get. You don't get the limelight that that others get. But, you know, you know, think about any of those jobs. How long would things last if you didn't do that job? You know, exactly. yeah. <laughs> and um, it might be thankless, but um, but it's that doesn't mean it's not valuable. Amen. And, and that's everything in our life. Mm-hmm. You know, uh whether you're working in public service, whether you're in private industry, whether you're a stay-at-home mom, whether you're a, a dad on the road, you know, 60 hours a week because, you know, you got to be doing, driving a long-haul truck, whatever. Mm-hmm. It, whether you're, you're putting stock out at Walmart at 3 a.m., whatever it is that God has put you in, it, there are times we all struggle. I've, I've been dealing with it just this last couple of weeks in my field. And there are times where we just want to beat our head against the wall and go, why am I still doing this? Mm. And there's nothing wrong with examining, you know, your, your, your place in life and, and, and seeking a place that might be better, that you might be better equipped. It might provide better for your family, uh, where the stress is not so bad. There's nothing wrong with those things. But like you said, you know, with, you know, referring to Greg Kokel's quote, bloom where you're planted. Mm if you're obedient to Christ and you're where you are, no matter how glorious that position is or how hidden that position is, you're glorifying God in your service and you are providing service in ways that you cannot begin to imagine because we don't have that yeah. view of eternity. And I'm not sure how well I've communicated it, but I want to get the point across that when I, when I'm kind of pushing that bloom where you're planted, I'm not, I don't want to, I'm not saying that crassly at all. You know, it's not, I don't mean it at all. Like if that's what you're capable of, do it, whether you like it or not. No, I mean, really, I, what I'm saying is there is something you can do valuable to your congregation or to the church at large. You have a skill God has given you that you can do that 
will bring uh, value to the church, whether it's your congregation or the church at large, it will bring value to them and, and it will bring you enjoyment. There's something, and I don't care who you are. There's something you can do. And that's been a pet peeve of mine for a long time. I, I, it drives me crazy when I see people who just show up on Sunday morning at church. They show up right before the service starts. They leave right after it ends. And that's it. They just show up and they want to hear the sermon and leave. And that's it. And, and they don't get in and pitch in and help out. Like, there's something you can do. And, there's, and, 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 and I'm not even saying find something you can tolerate. There's something you can enjoy doing that your church needs you for, you know, figure out what that is. Absolutely. Some people it's easy, you know, like, like I, like I said, I do video. Um, I just picked it up and you know what? I, I listened to a lot of Phil Johnson sermons and I've heard him, you know, you kind of, you can kind of get to know another church by hearing their preaching. And it's been kind of interesting. You know, I've gotten to know uh, like Nate Pickowitz's church a little bit through the preaching and Phil Johnson and, and uh, a few others where, it's kind of interesting hearing how they do things, but that's uh grace church is, is a similar kind of thing to what I experienced with my, my video. A lot of their, their jobs, their positions, their roles, the, their, their ministries were just somebody in that church saw a need and went and did it. Yeah. Or they made the mistake of going, um, pastor MacArthur, I think this church needs X. And he says, thanks for volunteering to do that. <laughs> <laughs> Yep, you got to be careful. Yeah, yep. <laughs> when you start saying, "Hey, I think we need this," it's like, "Oh, well, if you've seen it, you must be the candidate to start it." <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, a lot of people I, I think have this. They they just kind of have the more worldly mindset that well, they see a need and they see the guy in charge, and so they think if they tell the guy in charge, he'll figure out who it is that can do the job. And and really, the church is meant to work the the other way. You see the need, maybe the God showed you that need because He expects you to fill it. Mm-hmm. And um, and you might enjoy it too. Yeah. And in, just, in fact, I think you will if that's really what why God showed you or brought it to light in your eyes that that need was there because He wanted you to do it. If you just kind of get past your initial reluctance, I think you'll you'll, you'll find that you enjoy it. Amen. But, no, um, I absolutely agree. That's that's that amazing thing that God does. Is, he opens your eyes to something, you know, points you in that direction and says, now go forth and do it. Mm-hmm. And it's scary sometimes when you, when you're the one stepping out doing it God's way. Um, it can be frustrating at times, but the amazing thing is when you're doing things for his glory, I don't think you can stop someone from ultimately enjoying what they've done. Mm-hmm. And that is where we find the fulfillment. That's where we find affirmation in that when we've done what we were supposed to do, when we have been faithful servants, um, we're going to one day walk into the gates of heaven and we're going to hear, you know, welcome faithful servant, enter into the joy of your, of your Lord. You know, we, we, we we're going to wonder, what do you mean? What a faithful servant, what do we do? Well, you, you were very diligent about making sure that, that, there was hot coffee every Sunday and it didn't seem like a big deal, but I wanted hot coffee in my church. The Lord might say Mm -hmm. for whatever reason. Yeah. What is it that Jesus says? You know, you know, you, you fed me when I was hungry. You visited me, clothed me when I was, and they're like, well, when did we do that? Well, when you did it here and did it here and did it here. And that's, 
that's the faithful service. And it's, it's those individuals weren't doing it for recognition because they don't even remember that they did it, mm-hmm. you know? And, and yet the ones who Jesus says will be turned away, the lawless ones. Oh, well, we didn't, we do this. And didn't we do that? And didn't we do this? And he goes, depart from me. You worker of iniquity. I never knew you. Nope. You they know, were going they, for fulfillment versus the other guy who was just doing yeah, it out of obedience. <laughs> exactly. That's exactly it. Well, we're at, I, if I, I, I think we're at about an hour and 20, 25 minutes or so. So we're going kind of long, but, uh, so we should probably wrap up and, okay. um, my, my wife is still out at the, the indoor park that I was telling you about before. And it's 10, 10, <laughs> it's 10 PM. They're out. I don't know if they're riding go-karts or jumping on trampolines <laughs> or what they're doing, but, uh, good luck getting them to sleep on the hill. <laughs> Um, yeah, you know, it's funny cause I was just talking today about that. We've got four kids, three boys and then a girl and, and our three boys, there were all those times, you know, you go to visit grandma and grandpa or you're out and about and the kids are out playing hard and you know, somebody always has to say, oh, they're going to sleep hard tonight. You know? And my boys were like, no, they're going to have a normal night. Wired for sound. <laughs> they're just, the, it doesn't matter how hard they play. They sleep the same every night. My daughter is totally that, that kid though she run around for an hour she sleep for four you know <laughs> so i expect her to to get a good night's sleep tonight. <laughs> but uh but chris thank you so much i i uh i had a great time with you tonight i i appreciate coming on with me i you know i'm always honored to have you i love uh i love talking with other podcasters and i i enjoy your show i'm glad we had a chance to take a break and talk about voice of reason too and hope people will listen to that and thanks for coming on thanks for the topic uh brother thanks for having me it's it's uh like i said before it's always weird being on the other end of the microphone but Mm -hmm. it's it's such a joy um i love being able to talk to uh others brothers and sisters about the things of god and you know being being allowed to Hey, you want to come on the show and bring a topic? Hey, great. I love that. <laughs> now, now it's yeah. something I can, I already have in my head. I don't have to, yeah. you know, well, gee, he wants to talk to me about this. What Although what I was thinking <laughs> was uh, what I thought about after I asked that was, I should have said, I, I thought maybe I should have asked if you wanted to do like a double where it could be, <laughs> this could be an Equizoe and voice of reason. That way you're not doing double duty. Cause you're, you know, you've got, you're doing my show and then you're going to go off and do your own show too. And I, well, thankfully we recorded last night, so we're good. Okay, good. Cause, <laughs> cause I, cause I do think about that a lot. If I ask somebody on, you know, maybe it's a pastor or in your case, another podcaster, um, usually high on my list of priorities is I don't want to give this person a whole ton of homework. I want to do something that they're already, they've already put the work in, you know, and just like another avenue to express the work they've already done. So well, I, again, I, I greatly appreciate it. It's, it's been, a, it's always a wonderful opportunity. I love coming on. I uh, love getting to to talk with you. And uh, I just going to say thanks again. Cause I say this on our show all the time, uh, folks, this, the reason voice reason radio has the ability to do what it does is partly because of uh, the man who's on his end of the mic. He helped get us set up with some stuff and some of the equipment I'm talking on right now came from him. So uh, thank you because you made it possible for the show to actually sound decent. <laughs> You're welcome. I, I was, I felt blessed in that. It was, I, I actually passed along some of my older equipment that I had setting aside. And I had always kind of thought when I bought the, the newer equipment, I thought this would be a great thing to have kind of off to the side for a remote. Like if I were, cause it's, it's a smaller board and, uh, and, uh, well, the same size mic, but the key was that the bar board was much smaller than what I have now. I thought, well, this is something that I probably could fit in a bag and I could take 
you know, to a church, you know, conference room in the back of a church or something, if I had a chance and stuff. And, and then I got to realizing that it never happens. I, I never do those kind of things. <laughs> if I'm not sitting across the table from somebody, it's more like this show where we're, we're going through a, you know, a, an internet connection and stuff. And, and, uh, so I was, I felt blessed in, in being able to share and put it to use because it really wasn't doing anything inside my cabinet and, and you guys have been blessed to, and that, that blesses me. Yeah, well, yeah. and we're grateful for it. Let me tell you. <laughs> so, but yeah, no, again, thank you. We, we appreciate you having, uh, I, I know Rich and I both appreciate your program and we appreciate the the people that you bring on and that you included uh, me as part of that. That's, yeah. that was I got to have Richard on sometime. I haven't had him. On yeah. Before. You got to get him on here. <laughs> yeah. And, and uh, again, I, I love the chemistry. So if, if you haven't checked out voice of reason, it's a good show and uh, I recommend it. I, I enjoy the camaraderie and the discussion and you guys always have great topics too. And um, you're a little more frequent than I am and uh, it's good. It's good. I, I, you guys are doing good stuff. I appreciate it. Thank you. Echo Zoe radio is an outreach of Echo Zoe ministries. If you are blessed by the show, please consider offering your support. There are many things you can do to help, including prayer, sharing the show with others and your financial support. Echo Zori Ministries is a registered nonprofit organization with 501c3 tax-exempt status, and your donations are tax-deductible. For more information about how you can support Echo Zoe Ministries, please visit echozoe.com support. So that wraps up episode 134. Uh, thanks again for listening to Echo Zoe Radio. Uh, for the show notes, again, on the light side, you can visit echozoe.com slash 134. Uh, be sure to check out also the website for links to connect with Echo Zoe on social media. So we're on Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube, and love to connect with you. So follow, like, and subscribe to Echo Zoe Ministries. And you can also help we use those links to, to get to share the show and get the word out by retweeting and reposting the, uh, the Twitter and the Facebook announcements for your favorite episodes. That helps not only get the word out, but kind of gives me some indirect feedback as to what episodes you're enjoying. Lord Billing will be back next month for the July episode of Echo Zoe Radio. 